given the choice between having happiness or gratitude, what would you pick? What about your kids or your grandkids? What do you wish for them? Do you want them to be happy in life or to have gratitude? Sometimes I hear people use these words interchangeably, and yes, they are related, but they are not the same. When I think back to when I was growing up, my parents wanted me to be happy. Being upset and angry and, and being frustrated, that was okay from time to time, but it was, it was not a place where they wanted me to stay. I mean, who wants to be around a crabby kid, right? So they would do things to try and lift me up out of my dark teenage brooding. <laughs> I, I don't know how successful they really were with that, but, but they tried. A few years ago, at the height of the pandemic, there were so many parents greatly concerned about their kids. Our nation's youth were sad, depressed, worried, and it was driving parents nuts. And I kept hearing from all parts of the community so things like this, they, they, people would say, I don't know how to make my kid happy anymore. It's like our kids were broken and we needed to fix them. And I get that we want to make people happy, but honestly, if I had to choose, I would rather my kids live with a sense of gratitude than just be happy. And the same would be true of me. I personally would want to focus more on gratitude than happiness. Here's the difference. Happiness is a feeling. It's an emotion. It's showing pleasure or contentment. But gratitude is so much bigger than a feeling. Feelings come and go. They, they are always changing. And, and they're always changing based on what's happening in life. Feelings are so fleeting. But gratitude is a state of being. Gratitude understands that you have received something from someone else. It is a response to a gift given. Gratitude connects us to a gift as well as to the gift giver. So there is a relational element involved with, with gratitude. But, but here's what's interesting to me. There is a never-ending list of books, blogs, vlogs, articles, and research studies on happiness. <laughs> it's like a drug we can't get enough of. We are addicted to the feeling and people will spend thousands of dollars on anything that can bring them happiness. <laughs> Let me show you something. Soft drinks, tea, cars, clothing, and social media are products that all are being marketed and sold as happiness. No, it's not just carbonated, caffeinated sugar water. No, 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 it's much more than that. It's happiness in a bottle, and your life deserves more happiness. So on your way home today, treat yourself to what you deserve at one of the thousand locations where it's sold. So here's why I find this interesting. In a world of happiness connoisseurs, the biblical story is absolutely out of step. It is out of sync because it is full of stories that rub up against our culture of happiness and, and what we've placed value on. The biblical story as a whole is not another book about how to get more happiness. Instead, it has story after story after story that focuses on gratitude. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. 
horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he cast into the sea. His elite officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you, you overthrew your adversaries. You set, sent out your fury. It consumed them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, the floods stood up in a heap, and the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your steadfast love, you led the people whom you redeemed. You guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples heard, they trembled. Pang seized the inhabitants of, of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom were dismayed. Trembling seized the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan melted away. Terror and dread fell upon them. By the might of your arm, they became still as a stone until your people, O Lord, passed by, until the people whom you acquired passed by. You brought them in and planted them on the mountain of your own profession. The place, O Lord, that you made your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established, the Lord will reign forever and ever. When the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his chariot drivers went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to the Lord, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Our focus text today is a story of gratitude. Here's a little bit of context for you. So after Joseph brings his family to Egypt, they grow in numbers. And years after arriving in the land, they become slave labor for Pharaoh. They're slaves. So God hears the cries of the Israelites. Moses comes on the scene, there are plagues, the people of Israel are released, Pharaoh changes his mind and goes after them, he pursues them, and then God delivers them and saves the people as they pass through the Red Sea, but the Egyptians do not. This is a pretty well-known Sunday school story. There was an animated movie years back on Moses, and as far as stories go, I suppose it's probably one of the better-known biblical stories. The problem is, is that people often get stuck in the details and focus all their attention on whether or not this was a historical event. And honestly, the biblical writers are not that concerned with those kinds of questions or details. Instead, the story's focus is on a gift. A suffering people were seen and heard and God delivered them. 
It's a story about a gift given out of God's compassion for the oppressed. And the focus text that we read today, it's the response to that gift. It's all about gratitude. What we read today, it's a Hebrew poem. And Miriam, a little-known biblical character, dances in appreciation at the end of this poem. In gratitude to God who walked with them in their fear and their anxiety as they were fleeing their enslavement. Here's my takeaway from this biblical story, as well as so many others like it. There is happiness in life and it feels good and there is nothing wrong at all with wanting to be happy. The community of Israel is happy as they are together and are free of their enslavement under Pharaoh. They dance, they sing, they have a party. I mean, what else are they going to do? But their happiness, it just won't last long. It will fade and stress will creep back into their lives because what comes next is not easy. It is hard to maintain perpetual happiness while you aimlessly wander through the desert. <sighs> yeah, and I think that is really important for us to consider in our own lives. If you are happy right now, well, guess what? I am happy for you. But I know how fleeting that feeling can be. By this time tomorrow, you may not be happy anymore. Or you may be in a place in life right now that is so hard, so difficult, that you are not going to feel happy for a very long time. And there is the temptation in these moments to read every self-help book on happiness out there and to believe the ads we see so that we can chase down happiness in our life or that we can chase it down for our kids. And I just, I don't know if, if I would do that. In our focus text, it is the deep gratitude that the people have to God at this moment that will sustain them for the long term when their happiness fades. In fact, in gratitude, it's their gratitude um, that will impact generations to come. From this moment on, every time the Jewish community gathers to celebrate Passover, to eat the Seder meal, they remember the gratitude of their ancestors, how they were gifted by God's act of liberation and love as they left Egypt. Being in the midst of a community that has intentional gratitude, it shapes you deeply. When Jesus heals, when he feeds people, when he, when he breaks barriers to include others, and when he speaks of God's kingdom as love of neighbor, people are left with gratitude. The biblical story sees life as a gift that is given. Creation, everything that is around you is a gift. Being human is a gift. Having this moment you have right now is a gift. And when you see life as a gift, gratitude builds which connects us to God and each other in ways that are so much deeper and life-giving than just striving to feel happy. I want to give you a very concrete example. Last week was All Saints. In our worship services, we celebrated the lives of those who died this last year, and our in-person worshipers lit candles in memory of loved ones that they lost. I remember looking at the tables full of candles lit here at Bethlehem, knowing that each light represented a life lived, a loved one, 
a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a human being with a history and a story that profoundly impacted the lives of those who loved them. <laughs> I was talking with someone after the service who lit a candle in memory of a loved one. She said to me how much she missed her husband. She said how sad she is, how hard it is to be alone, how angry she feels to have to be responsible for those things that he was responsible for, and how much gratitude she has for all the memories, for all the love, for all the years that they were together. It is gratitude that shapes her and keeps her moving forward even when happiness is elusive. Do you understand what gratitude is and why the biblical writers have story after story about it? Do you see your life as a gift? Do you see your relationships as a gift? Do you see your humanity as a gift? Gratitude is the lens that you look through to see God's love that plays out in your life and in the lives of your community every day. Life is joyful and hard and everything in between, and sometimes we are just not going to be happy. But no one ever said that we had to. Instead, the biblical story invites you to practice gratitude and see the gifts of God, the gifts of Jesus in your life, and in doing so, find the life that God has called you to. This is the good news that we hear today. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. As a way of taking this story and the reflection on the story and taking it deeper into your life, here are two reflection questions for you to think about, journal about, or talk with someone about. Number one, would you rather seek happiness or gratitude in your life? Why? And number two, what are the top five gifts in your life that give you a sense of gratitude?